and welcome back to Fox Podcast, the weekly pseudo-academic roundtable of pop culture analysis with drinking and swearing. My name is Christopher Maverick, but you can call me Mav, and I am once again here with my co-host, Monica Marvelous. How's it going, Monica? It's going pretty good, Mav. It's going especially good for you because we have news. We do have news. Well, news from you going back like three months, I think, from when we first talked about it. So what's the news? I am officially getting a PhD. <laughs> well, you're officially starting a PhD. Starting a PhD, yeah. Because <laughs> you say that and, like, and it's like, oh, God, is she going to beat yeah. me to fin- finishing mine? Nope. But like you are officially accepted. Do How's that going to work out? Program. Yeah, that's really the better phrasing is check in mm-hmm. with me in what, five years, six five years. years. Yeah. yeah. 20, <laughs> something like that. Like, oh, are congratulations. Are you still getting that PhD? Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. I mean, you've done as much work as like anybody who's already working on it. So you'll be fine. Thank you. It's very cool. It's very cool. And, you know, just thought of, especially if I can finish mine soon, which fingers crossed I will, then you'll be the person that can stress about it, you know, so that the audience continues to have someone just like going crazy at all times. <laughs> I was going to say, we kind of always need one, right? Because yes, otherwise, would we be a pseudo academic podcast? Well, this is slightly less academic today or maybe more i'm not sure this is not exactly the way we mean it normally but we're going to talk about the academy i guess what are we doing today yeah i mean it's that time of year right in la we don't really have weather we have summer and we have award season so the oscars are upcoming and i thought it would be nice if we did a good old fast predictions episode yeah right there's sunday for the listeners now okay people might notice that there are only two of us here today so if you are a fan of this show you'll remember that we used to do an oscar prediction show and then hannah swore that green book won she was done with the oscars forever and then green book won so we haven't had an oscar prediction show i didn't want to do it by myself but when you jumped on the show last year you said you wanted to do this pretty insistent yeah without (laughs) and without actually knowing that's why hannah isn't here in our blog post i did make a joke which was what the fuck green book (laughs) so i'm glad that we're just uh, as a baseline all on the same page Okay, so it's going to be weird because for Oscar season, I normally try to watch every film that was nominated or as close as I possibly can come. I'm way behind this year. I missed a lot of them because of pandemic and teaching and everything else. And unlike other people, I don't get screeners at my house. You get some, right? I get all of the screeners. For the listeners who don't know, my husband is in the Producers Guild of America. So we get all of the DVDs of everything that's nominated. Did I yeah, watch that everything that's awesome. nominated? <laughs> you know, they send a lot of stuff. And it's <laughs> sometimes it's kind of hard to watch everything that's nominated. I made a pretty valiant effort. I would say that I hit about 75% of things. I also recently just on and opened an exhibition that is all of the costumes that were nominated. So I've at least gotten to touch all of those and see all of those details. Okay. But I kind of thought that we might need some help this year. So I thought to ask the person who watches more movies than anyone else that I know. And that is my friend Sam. So Sam, welcome to the podcast. Hello, Hello thank you so much for having me, both of you. I'm very, I'm very happy that you preface this with saying it's not super academic, which is pretty <laughs> funny because on the one hand, literally they're called the Academy Awards. Academy, yes. <laughs> but on the other hand, when it's 
when it comes to the Oscars, you cannot possibly be academic about it because nobody <laughs> really knows what's going to happen. And uh, yeah, it's a lot of guesswork. So we should talk about this because Monica, you mentioned this in the blog post. There is a tension between what do I want to win? What deserves to win and what's going to win, <laughs> which is, again, how did I know Green Book was going to win the Oscar? Because we live in a world where Green Book needed to win the Oscar that year. Like that was we have solved racism with a movie. That's what the story of Green Book. So I knew to exactly the kind of movie that existed for the Academy to feel good about themselves by giving Green Book an Oscar. So we need to talk about a few things like why we're doing this and how it works and what our feelings on it are. Because back in the before times, the long, long ago, before pandemics, like I used to have Oscar parties and then it was dwindling attendance every year because people were just like, I don't know most of these movies. Like I remember even when Moonlight won, which was awesome. I remember people going, oh, this is I've never seen this <laughs> you know because like you know as much as everyone who loved moonlight loved it like one percent of the american population saw moonlight like that's it, it. it was like, not no, titanic it was not yeah, no one saw this movie so why do we care about the oscars at all is it just that we were told to care about the oscars for a really long time <laughs> like like i remember knowing the idea that the Oscars were important before I grasped what the Oscars were before I worked in the film industry. Like when I was a little kid, there was still this idea of like Oscar movies are sort of time to all come out around the same time, kind of right right before it actually starts. They're not supposed to be, but that's kind of what happens. And so it did sort of become this thing of like, when my family always goes to the movies at Christmas every year, and there Mm -hmm. is always that debate of like, are we going to watch the blockbuster movie that came out around Christmas, or are we going to watch the movie that is going to get the Academy (laughs) Award this year? And like, because that's what comes out at that point in time. Like, we're sort of (sighs) primed to think of these particular movies when they're released as awards movies because that's part of the marketing campaign of those films. Like, even if you're not somebody who cares about the Oscars, you still have a sense of, in your head, what a quote-unquote awards movie would be. And it's probably with a director name that you've heard before. It's probably with an actor who you're used to seeing on screen. Like, does it star Meryl Streep? Okay, it's probably (laughs) going to be nominated for the awards this year. No, not Meryl Streep. Oh, Judy Dench. Let's just throw in a different one. It's the same thing. Like, oh, sorry, they're too old now. What about Olivia Coleman? Like, there's just Judy Dench is never too old. How dare you? you For the role that is for the role that is written, it's like, oh, let's just put in Olivia Coleman because she's the slightly younger Meryl Streep in in our case of what is quote unquote an An Oscar movie film. Yeah, yeah, and it's. I think that everyone is sort of on the periphery, like aware of this even if they aren't like us who are the nutcases who sit and watch every single movie nominated for the awards right and i think also you know when it comes to the oscars you have to ask yourself everything that doesn't have to do with the movies whether that's a big reason that people watch too so for instance growing up the red carpet was a huge reason that my mom would watch it she would watch uh, e coverage of the red carpet. Joan Rivers, like, what are you wearing? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> For, and and you know that shit lo- lasted longer than the actual award ceremony sometimes, or at least well, that's how it felt when I was a kid. It was well, no, all no, day. it does. I think it's spectacle coverage. I don't think it's celebrating even fashion. I think it is celebrating the spectacle.
spectacle of what it is to be a movie. And like, so the last time we did an Oscar show, we talked a long time about what's an Oscar bait film. And when you're making a movie, when you're making a green book, I don't think green book is a movie made for people. I think green book is a movie that was made for literally 15,000 people <laughs> like on this planet. This movie was focused actually at the people who might get an award. And I think that there's some ones this year that are also focused at 15,000 people. A lot of people don't know that. And then they get mad when, you know, something wins or something doesn't win. But really, you know, the only people who are deciding are, you know, a bunch of the companies that are willing to put out, you know, however many millions of dollars that they need to. And really, they're paying millions of dollars. Like, you know, these companies pay millions and millions of dollars just so, you know, the few thousand people in their, you know, in their categories in the industry will, you know, decide what they want. It's not even, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not like a Critics' Choice Award where, you know, there's hundreds of thousands of people voting on it. It's, you know, it's a very small insular group. Yeah. Yeah. You have to have been recommended by somebody who's already a member, which is right. why it can be so incredibly gatekeepy of an institution. White. White is the word you're looking for. White and male. absolutely the word I'm looking for. And old. Very old. Something like less than, at the time that the Los Angeles Times did their expose, it was about 15% of the Academy was under the age of 50. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to repeat those numbers. 15 under the age of 50. (laughs) Was that before or after, Monica, the uh, the Oscar so white controversy several years ago? That's the one that I'm referring to is that that was when the Los Angeles Times published the expose that led to the Oscars so white. Those were the statistics. So that was 2012. So obviously things have changed a little bit barely, but barely. Yeah. Not just the red carpet thing, but also just people used to like seeing a lot of celebrities in the same room. And now with social media, like you don't really need to do that anymore. Like it's like you had to watch the Oscars. It was like the one time of the year where you could see what celebrities are doing, what they look like, what they're thinking. With social media, you like always have access to basically you always have access to the red carpet. Yeah. At the same time, I feel like, you know, people have become kind of used to what, you know, the classic Oscar movie, like the prestige film, like the King's Mm -hmm. Speech. I think everybody knows, you know, oh, the Danish girl. That's just another King's Speech. I mean, that was the same director, but still, you get the point. But I think, you know, Green Book is one of those traditional prestige movies where it's like even more so, uh, you know, it's like there's the blockbuster that you put in a hole in, in a box. And then there's this prestige film that you put in a box. I think Birdman and Moonlight and Parasite, for example, are good examples Ooh, of good. are good examples of movies that kind of are able to bypass both of those categories. It's not mm-hmm. quite, you know, they're not super accessible movies at all. In fact, they're less accessible in many ways than, you know, the classic, what people think of as like the, oh, the Oscar baby Oscar movie, like a Belfast, not to get ahead of yeah. ourselves. It's interesting because you never know in a given year, will it be, you know, will the award go to the classic traditional Oscar baby movie or will it go to a kind of more interesting, unique work? I think like La La Land versus Moonlight was a really good example of, you know, La La Land, like a lot of Oscar movies people may have noticed are, you know, it's about filmmaking. It's about Hollywood and it's very nice. It harkens back to a lot of older movies. It's very sweet. It's got very big stars. And then Moonlight Mm -hmm. is, you know, I think in a lot of ways, it bucks a lot of the traditions, you know, thematically 
you know, a queer black love story is not something that you would expect from mm. an Oscar winner. I think everybody remembers when Brokeback Mountain lost to Crash. And, you Crash. know, I think, mm-hmm. right, it was Crash. And, and you know, yeah. Crash was, that's the classic Oscar film that says messages that people already know, shows them mm-hmm. people they already know. And so I, I do think that there there are years where it, it where untraditional and unfamiliar and quite frankly, the more exciting, you know, art wins out. But mm-hmm. I think the problem with the Oscars is often you never know what year you're walking into. Are you going to walk into right. a spotlight traditional year or are you going to walk into a parasite wacky year? Different predictions. Yeah. So clearly the three of us are going to watch it. And I want people who are listening to understand that we do think there's value in this, even if it is just in analyzing where the culture of film is at the moment, right? Like the industry and the nerds, the, you know, the people like us who are going to just watch these regardless. I think that it, I think that film is a specific culture. It's a uh, fandom, if you will. So I think it's interesting to kind of go through and watch these. And what we're going to try to do, I guess, is the three of us are going to through our ballots, our predictions, and then give you what we hope is some help with you selecting them. If, if you're going to do your own, the show notes has a printable ballot of your own that you can like download and, you know, make your own guesses. Post in the comments, let us know who you are betting on and then see if you beat us. I think that's an interesting thing. <laughs> you know, if you care about this at all, because the three of us don't know what each other have picked, but we've all picked, we've all picked every award plus a special award that Monica invented. It's not going to be part of the Oscars. Um, <laughs> I mean, we'll talk to that about that at the end of the show. But I'd like to see if people are going to beat us. Nav, I'm curious when you sit, when you ask what they're betting for, is that what they want to win or is that who they think is going to win? Regardless? However you want to, however you want to do it. And mine's mostly a mix. I'm probably going to lose the box office game this year that we play. So I'm going to I'm playing to win here. I'm, it's not about what I want to win. I've very much gone through and tried to make decisions based on where I think the upsets are going to be. Some might be wishful thinking. I'm definitely not. I'm absolutely not picking stuff that I want to win in some category. I am. I have chosen things that I think are going to win with the caveat that I missed a bunch of them this year, more than I've ever missed in years. So it's going to be a little harder for me. I will that's say that mine is the opposite. Mine is very much a fuck your account. Academy ballot. And I have chosen things that were significant to me based on the choices available. So I would say that listeners should probably not follow my advice if they're actually trying to win an office pool for any money this year. I'm going for the money myself. Yeah. Yeah. So so I figure I'm just going to step through the re- the awards in reverse order of how they're listed on my sheet. So you can follow along at home, but I guess I'll start with original screenplay. Best original screenplay. Nominees are Belfast, Don't Look Up, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, and The Worst Person in the World. Sam, who's going to win this award? Well, first, before I say my prediction. I want to say that it's very interesting that the worst person in the world, I think, was even nominated in this category, considering it was not nominated in any other major category above mm-hmm. it. It wasn't nominated for Best Picture, despite what I would say was a pretty big campaign. Pretty, pretty big yeah. campaign. It got a lot of buzz in the on the festival circuit, and yet, you know, it, it did not make it into any of the category above it, though it did. It was nominated for Best International Feature. I think it doesn't have a chance in hell because of that. I, it's actually quite an anomaly that it got into this category. If I were to guess, 
I would say that Don't Look Up will probably win this oh, category. Okay. And uh, the reason I will say this is the Academy has loved Adam McKay's work in the past with Vice and uh, The Big Short both being nominated you know, several times over. I think they're looking for they're just looking for something to give the guy. And if he doesn't win for Best Picture and, and he's not nominated for Best Director this year, then I think screenplay might be the place, the place that they'd give it to him. Yeah. So you see, you, now I already see that you play very much like I do. Okay. So yes, I, but I you don't know what I think about somewhere. Don't Look Up. Right. I think Don't Look Up is not a great screenplay. I think it's extremely okay. blunt. I think that's the purpose. I think that does not matter. <laughs> I think that doesn't matter to the Academy as much as the person behind the pen a lot of the time. Monica, where's the heart pick here? So this was actually one in which I did not go with a heart pick because I didn't necessarily like any of these films. This is one in which I also stuck with what I feel like is an Academy darling. And I gave it to Paul Thomas Anderson for Liquor's Pizza. I maybe not have talked about how much I dislike P.T. Anderson as a filmmaker on the podcast. <laughs> normal take, Every normally average take. Sing single film of his makes me want to to gouge my eyeballs out and be 45 minutes shorter than it actually is. However, I seem to be an unpopular opinion in that case because the Academy really loves everything that P.T. Anderson does. So ergo, licorice pizza. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah, they didn't say that in 2007, did they? So... What was 2007? That was that was when there will be blood lost to no country for all men. Okay, Mm -hmm. and I will say, keeping with, I never have the same opinion as the Academy. I love There Will Be Blood. I hate every other P.T. Anderson movie. So there we go. Okay, Okay, so this is one where we thought maybe we'd all have very similar picks on this one, and we were going to have three different picks. Going with Belfast here, which I've not Ah. seen. Oh no! Okay, I've not seen it, but but again, this is me playing numbers here it won the globe it was nominated for a BAFTA it was nominated for a CCA and it's Kenneth Branagh like literally I think it's going to go to Be- Belfast for a similar reason to why Sam thinks it's going to go to Don't Look Up I think it's like a we'd really like to give Kenneth Branagh an Oscar here and a, and Belfast has more has other places it is nominated where I also don't think it's going to win so 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 this feels to me like a place where you can hand an Oscar to, to Kenneth Brown. I, uh, like, I feel like I'd rather like between your two picks, I think Licorice Pizza personally has the better chance because I feel like the best original screenplay category is where a lot of people celebrate the like the straight auteurs. And mm-hmm. you could argue that Kenneth Brown is an auteur. I don't think he is. A lot of his movies have been pretty obvious sure. Hollywood blockbusters. And, you know, it reminds me of this is a category that Quentin Tarantino has won in uh, again and again. And I feel like even when they don't give him, you know, best picture, they're willing to say like, but he's the genius behind these movies. So we're going to say we're going to give him the original screenplay basically as a consolation best picture. And that's I mean, where that's I feel like it would be Paul Thomas Anderson. Klansman, right? Correct. Gave, yes, like, exactly. The, uh, oh, sure. Yeah. The yeah. writing of because as well. it didn't give him best picture right. in the same right. year as Spike Lee's award for Black Klansman was really for Do the Right Thing. Like it was for a body of work lifetime, but like Spike Lee famously snubbed on Do the Right Thing. And yeah. Black Klansman was like, 
yeah, okay, we know. We're sorry. It took us 25 years, but we're fixing this now. <laughs> like, I think that's what happened there. And we'll so, yeah, so this, is, this should be an interesting award then because we got three different ideas. So. so my mom, who is a two movies a year type of person, mm-hmm. went and saw Belfast because she okay. loves Kenneth Branagh. So, you know what? This is it's out there yeah. for someone. He's Brana has five previous nominations and three this year. He's got to win eventually. And that's my logic. Like someone, you know, you know, Kenneth Branagh needs to be given an award. The Academy needs to give him an award. And that's why I think it's going to happen. Not for yeah, anything other than. You know, yeah, we'll get to it later. I just I agree yeah. with you partly, but I disagree that it's screenplay. So, OK, fair enough. Yeah. And there are two other options for him to get to get an award this time around. But we talked about original screenplay. What do you got for adapted screenplay? I'll take this one first. I gave this one because this is a heart pick for me to The Lost Daughter written by Maggie Gyllenhaal because that is based on a novel by Elena Ferrante. And I think that she is an absolutely gorgeous writer. She is also responsible for the brilliant friend series is considered one of these sort of living novelists of our time and i think that there is an element of the academy that does little snooty and does love the idea of literature with a capital l and i know that this is about the adaptation but i do think the fact that the source material was already so strong is sort of a place in which you can do no wrong when you adapt it into a feature so that's why the lost daughter is my pick for adapted Okay. Yeah. I was going to say something else, but I have actually been thinking about it all day, actually, because I knew I was coming on here and I'm actually going to switch it. I was going to say the power of the dog. I am going to say the lost daughter as well, mainly because Maggie okay. won the BAFTA for this script she- a couple days ago. And I think that since the la- over the last couple months, I think the conversation online, you know, the buzz has kind of flipped towards the lost daughter, whereas I think no, in last year, you know, at the end of last year, it was definitely the power of the dog. Yeah, no, I couldn't just I couldn't agree more with Monica. I think it actually is, you know, I think it is the best adapted screenplay of any movie I saw last year. I think it's mm-hmm. the way that it takes an extremely literary and internal story and uses filmmaking tricks, and structural, you know, screenwriting magic to analyze those internal, you know, feelings that the main character is going through. I think it there. I haven't seen anything like it since. Manchester by the Sea several mm. years ago now, yeah. and so, so I definitely think that The Lost Daughter is the best, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go with my heart on that one as well. Okay, well we'll break the trend, and I think you guys have a strong shot, especially with the BAFTA win. But I'm picking Power of the Dog mostly because I want to point something out to our listeners. If you're making your Oscar pool for this year and you're not sure on any category, just go with Power of the Dog. It's the easy money pick. At this point. It's uh, it's the one that people are expecting to sweep everything it's not going to spoilers ahead it's definitely you know we know it's not going to do as well but it's the i think power of the dog is the default oscar pick this year for stuff and (laughs) if you're not sure it's just the thing that you're supposed to write down and i think this is the one where i'm where i think it's going to happen but you guys have me have me on the fence i'll say that it's a pretty good and i think you know going for it is a twist ending i think people love a twist ending i think it's the kind of movie where the script you know it has that acute impact whereas lost daughter is something that kind of lingers with you i think the power of the dog definitely like has that 
that in the moment wallop that I think could could work in your favor. I will say I didn't care for Power of the Dog just because I'll point it out now because it's gonna Power of the Dog is going to keep coming up in in our show today. I, uh, uh, my, yeah. my wife liked well, it a lot. I, I did, did not, not care for it. Yeah, I did not. <laughs> I as well am a little bit negative on Power of the Dog. It's like, um, and, and and it's odd that you know the three of us are all like nah because it, it is a critical darling right now. And you're right, all the conversations about uh, has a bit about it, and I'm just like, eh, we'll talk about it more. But I feel like the public opinion of the movie has plummeted recently. It is dwindling, but I don't know. The, I think it might be too little too late. People voted already. Correct. We'll see. Yeah. Okay. Here's one where, you know, probably the first one that I think more of our listeners are going to have opinions on. Visual effects with the nominees being Dune, Free Guy, No Time to Die, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, and Spider- Spider-Man No Way Home. I'll go first since I haven't gone first. I'm picking Dune, which I didn't care for. We did a whole episode about Dune. Dune I didn't care for it, but I did appreciate it. And what Dune has going for it very much is visual effects. And I believe that Dune is the kind of visual movie that the Academy likes to vote for. Is it the most innovative special effects? No, but that's not how visual effects works for Oscars. I'm sure people would love for Spider-Man or Shang-Chi to win. They're not going to. (laughs) They're not the right kind of visual effects to win an Oscar. Dune has the immersive visual effects that uh, I, if I were voting with my heart, I would have voted for Free Guy because I loved Free Guy and I think Free Guy visually did exactly what that movie needed to be. It didn't look like a real life video game and I loved what Free Guy did visually, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's going to be Dune. Sam, what about you? Sure, I agree with you. I think it's going to be Dune. I think I think I see it as being a kind of an ex machina or 1917 visual yep. effects pick in which yep. there are definitely bigger, you know, in the, the year that 1917 won, it was up against Avengers Endgame, The Lion King, mm-hmm. The Rise of Skywalker. 2015, Ex Machina won over Star Wars The Force Awakens and Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, that was kind of bullshit. But the idea <laughs> being that the subtler visual effects that kind of help create a mood or an emotion. And I definitely think that a more people voting will probably have, have seen Dune than a Shang-Chi. Just because, again, this is an older audience we're talking about usually. And, uh, yeah, and I think it's one of those subtler. It's the kind of thing where you can't tell if it's CG or if it's practical a lot of the times, which I think is a good thing and i think i think this is one of the one of the few categories that you know bigger and more is not always the way they right. seem to go yeah. and it, and i think i think i'll be happy to see dune win even though i too was not a huge fan of the movie as a whole though yeah, i'll say something the, the effects it, most of the effects were great the uh the shields like the laser shields looked like something out of a video mm-hmm. game and i really did not like those laser shields i just want to <laughs> be on the I want to be on the record on that one but everything else dune you, you just said something that i think is important like it's particularly when we get to the to acting there are a lot of awards where you win with having the most acting, not necessarily the best acting. And I think I agree with you. The most special effects is not always the right way to go. Well, I said I was going to go with a heart pick and I'm realizing about half of these are heart picks and half of these are, I know what's going to happen. And I did choose June and I chose it for the same reason, which is we need to remember that most of the Academy holds the same opinion of Martin Scorsese, who believes that Marvel movies <laughs> are the death of culture and society and filmmaking as we know it. Which means they definitely did not see Free Guy. <laughs> might have seen No Time to Die, but between No Time to Die and Dune, I had a conversation with a friend recently who was like, you know, if you watched the 80s version of 
Dune and you saw these stop motion sandworms, anything would be better than that and you would be happy. And Dune spends so much time building up sandworms that when they finally come out of the sand, I'm like, yeah, okay, that's a pretty cool sandworm. So that's why <laughs> Dune is getting my pick. So, so that's the first one where we, we all agree it's going to win. So if you're trying to copy us to win your office pool, that's the one where, where you might want to give serious consideration to that one. <sighs> okay, now we got to go to one that I'm sad about because back in the day, there used to be two of my favorite categories, sound mixing and sound editing. And what I loved about sound mixing and sound editing is every year they'd have to bring out some guy from the Academy to try and explain the difference between sound mixing and sound editing. <laughs> and I was like, I love this. I because yeah, I I understand it and I have very specific opinions on why some things deserve to win one and some things deserve to win the other and I very seldomly pick the same movie for both even though the same movie would win both because 95% of the Academy doesn't understand the difference between sound mixing and sound editing and never will no matter how many times it's explained to them so they said fuck it this year and they combined them into one award that they're just calling sound so this is the first time there's an award for just sound and sadly Dune's going to win it. <laughs> That's my feeling. I don't want it to. Dune's going to win sound. Um, Sam, what about you? Dune's going to win sound. In another year, I might have said, you know, West Side Story only because a lot of times you see that the best sound winners are the films that have something to do with sound, like Sound of Metal winning last year or something like Ford v. Ferrari, where sound is very important to the, you know, the, the what we're, what the movie is about. I think that Dune, the campaign they've put on for sound in Dune is pretty big. You can't walk anywhere without hearing about how they use cicadas to create some of the shit yeah. sound effects. And also, I think it just it sounded very good, especially if you saw it in theaters. Yeah, I think it's going to sweep a lot of technical awards and certainly sound is one of them. We talked about this on our Dune podcast, but I spent most of Dune not knowing what was going on because I couldn't mm -hmm. hear anything. So I agree. I can't fuck. And it is because I watched it on HBO, like on my home theater system, maybe instead of actually seeing it in a theater. But here's the yes, thing. But so do most of the voters. Most of the voters so, also did the same mm -hmm. thing. And movies are meant to be viewed in both places. And so I can't in good conscience. No matter conscience, what Scorsese says, I agree with you. Like I can't in good conscience give sound award to a movie that only sounds good in one of those spaces so mm -hmm. this was one that i struggled with because there is a like dune is probably gonna but i would like to think that there is a sleeper pick in there somewhere in which other people who are a bunch of other old men who probably have hearing aids went ah, through the whole movie <laughs> so i'm gonna give it to belfast really okay oh. okay i would have okay guys i'll say my sentimental pick i wanted to pick west side story so bad <laughs> Yeah, the sound mixing on West Side Story is really good. I like it a lot because I think the sound mixing on Dune is shit. Interesting. So okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. Could you make the uh, the argument that it's overwhelming intentionally? I'm sure it is. That doesn't make it better. Fine. Fair enough. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm sure it was a choice. I didn't like it, and the sound editing is better. And I don't know. Power of the Dog has a shot. It's gonna be Dune. It's uh, just uh, so that's one where I don't want this Dune to win this at all. I, but that's how I feel. And if Monica's right and it's Belfast, great. <laughs> That would be that would be awesome. Damn. What about live action short film? We got now this is hard because I don't know because I've not seen these this year. So I look at you. I did you a favor draft. and I didn't see them either. 
Okay. Me either. Dr- Are we just dress? gonna pick a name? <laughs> yeah. So well, I, no, we I, can I, talk. I, have, I have logic that I picked it with, but I usually watch all the live action short films that I didn't get to this year. I've seen none of them this year. I'll do it usually I actually the, go yeah. and see all of them. I'm gonna do so, it before so, the, uh, the actual show, but Alakachu, the dress, the long goodbye, on my mind, and please hold. So you, so none of us have seen any of them, and yet I have a guess with with reasons but i'll go last so what yeah do you-, I, you know this is an academic podcast after all and i'm the guest so i'm gonna bring mm-hmm. my film academia knowledge bear and my system for judging what to pick out of these short films is the import of the title if it sounds like an okay. important title the most important sounding title usually gotcha. win and by usually 25 percent of the time so for this for this you know and i know what none of these are about i i will say Please hold. Because it sounds hmm, like okay. somebody is trying to get help and they're not getting help. And so I think it's about some sort of downtrodden people. And I think it's, that's a lock. Okay. Monica? All right. So I wanted to pull a Katia, which is where you just pick the thing that you're interested in and just be okay. like, the dress, and we're done. But uh-huh. I didn't do that. <laughs> I went with the long goodbye because of Riz Ahmed. Yeah. Me too. That's my reasoning. I'll just say, we'll both just, I also picked the long goodbye because Riz Ahmed's in it and Riz Ahmed's it. Well, it's the kind of thing where I feel like probably a lot of people didn't see them this year and Riz Ahmed's in one and they're going to go, I know who that is. Exactly. And <laughs> he did very That's well it. at the Oscars for Sound of Metal. So it kind of mm-hmm. feels like, you know, he's already in the family and you tend to show a little nepotism to people already in the family. That was entirely my logic. So I don't have right, to say yeah. anything else. So we don't have strong opinions on that one, but that's that's, but I went with Long Goodbye for this, the exact same reason as Monica. I was like, uh, they're going to be like, I know this name. So, yeah. <laughs> Animated short film. Nominees being The Affairs of the Art, <laughs> Bestia, and Box by Robin Robin, and The Windshield Wiper. You know, I went with Sam's advice on this one, and I picked solely based on title, and I went with The Windshield Wiper. Okay. I like some alliteration. <laughs> it is pretty, Sonny. <laughs> That's fair. That's all I got for you, and I'm... Okay. Shamed that I did no further research. Sam, did you have one? I'm also very ashamed that I did no research on this, and I will pick the windshield wiper as well because of my aforementioned foolproof 25% of the time method. Okay. And by the way, that's not the worst <laughs> the worst advice if you're trying to win an Oscar poll. I went with a slightly different advice, which was if you're not sure, and again, I didn't get to watch all the shorts this year the way I normally do. So if you're not sure, see if you can find the guild that controls that category and see who they voted for. And the, the animation awards called the Annies were last week, and the Annie went to Bestia. So that's who I'm going with. Interesting. <laughs> that's my logic. They would should have thought of a more interesting title. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah that, that 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 might. It's not necessarily going to win, but when you're not sure, that's how I that's how I do it. All right, let's do production design and get it out of the way. Out of the this way. Is, well, just because I think production design is normally one of my favorite, awards, but not this year. And you can probably guess who I'm voting for. I think it's going to fucking Dune. <laughs> I think it's going to fucking Dune. So here's the thing: the thing I just said about if you're not sure, go check the trade awards for that category and see what they've won. Dune's won all of them. Like literally Dune has been sweeping trade awards for production design. So they have so far won the CCAs, the SDSAs and the ADGs. And I think it won the BAFTA too. Like they're just taking everything. So if you voted for it in your specific division, I don't see how you don't vote for it in the Oscars. And so that's why I think it's Dune. Um, I was like, oh, okay, I guess that's my logic. <laughs> 
think I, and I stopped thinking about it after that point. Pretty much all the other ones probably would have been a better shot for me. I really like West Side Story. We've talked about it on the show before. So in my heart, it would have gone to that or Macbeth, which is just really pretty looking. But I think it's going to be due. Monica? So this was a Heart of Hearts pick because... So I've seen all of these films and I wanted to like Nightmare Alley so much more than I did. You know what I really did love about Nightmare Alley was the production design. So it was for me the only perhaps redeeming quality of that (laughs) film. Okay. That's what you get. That's the problem is that Nightmare Alley's production design is not that original. Because it's particularly Carney. And I feel like we've seen Carney on camera a lot before. And I don't feel like Nightmare Alley gave me any new Carney in a way mm-hmm. that I was hoping. So that being said, I'm giving it to West Side Story. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Okay. I thought you were going to really thought I was not, going with that, did you? Not at all. I thought you were going to. Oh, I hope you're right. Because <laughs> I, love, I love West Side Story. Uh, damn, what about you? Yeah, I know. I think it's going to be Dune for all the reasons you said. It's racking up the award. <laughs> Same reason I said with the visual effects very immersive film i think people like getting lost in that world i think i I don't get why people like dune so much but i would say that like the one thing it has going for you is you can get lost in that universe thanks to the production design Mm -hmm. will echo your sentiments that the tragedy of Macbeth is a beautifully is a beautifully made beautiful looking movie and i think like yeah if i could choose with my heart it would go to that this clearly is not the this clearly is not the year for uh, this particular film, given how few nominations it's getting. And that's a shame because the tragedy of Macbeth, which is on Apple TV Plus now, is great and you should watch it. But yes, I think Dune is pretty much a lock for this one. Yeah, because Monica's going for West Side Story and I'd love to be wrong. The thing is, for me, like I love a musical when it still looks like an old musical, when it looks like it's very clearly filmed on a stage. Okay. The reason that I really didn't enjoy In the Heights is because they tried too hard to make their soundstage like <sighs> look like the Heights. And as someone who used to live in the Heights, like it didn't work for me. However, I West Side Story both. really works for me as a mm-hmm. film that looks like it is on just a much larger, more expensive soundstage this time around. Because I feel like it never lost the original spirit. And for me, mm-hmm. like as someone who wants to stand up for like, the artistry of things like to me west side story is the best and the most deserving for that reason is it going to win probably Mm -hmm. not but again we're picking part of hearts picks over here and that's why i think that west side story is the most deserving because i feel like it is it does the best job of honoring the original while still giving something new to the conversation Fair enough. Okay, I and I hope you're right. I'm reversing my order on my list slightly because I want to do both documentaries here, but I'll start with documentary short subject. I think we're going to have more to say about feature. So documentary short subject, the nominees being Audible, Lead Me Home, The Queen of Basketball, three songs of, I think it's Benazir, and When We Were Bullies. Sam, do you have an opinion on this? Again, I have yet to watch the short films. I plan to, but could not do it in time. It, it mm-hmm. should be noted that it's very hard. A lot of times... Yeah they'll be packaged up and shown in theaters but uh, i don't believe but they're COVID. covid and i don't believe that they mm-hmm. are streaming so it's one of those situations mm-hmm. where these films actually are some of the hardest ones the shorts are some of the hardest yeah. ones to look at so it is unfortunate i will be usually you know what i just saw that oh no i was gonna say 
Audible is a Netflix film, and I think that helps. But now I'm looking and Lead Me Home is also a Netflix film. Listen, <laughs> following the same logic that I used. <laughs> I'm going to say I'm going to say Audible because we'll it's be the able first to see it. one and it's on Netflix. And which one is longer? Audible's 39 minutes. Me Home. Oh, it's also 39 minutes. What is going on, Netflix? OK, I'm still I'm going to say Audible because it's the first on the list. I did this exact same process like <laughs> like three, three hours ago, like having the same like logic that you're using so So i'm gonna go a little bit different but it's an equally vapid reason and that's that we are talking about the things that tend to spend money on their campaign listeners please don't stalk me but i live pretty close to the studios and on my drive home there is a very large billboard for the queen of basketball and therefore (laughs) that's my pick because they spent money on a billboard. And I think that because these films are not super accessible, billboard sounds important and it's going to sway the voters. So, okay. So while working with documentary short, I had the same problem with Sam, why I haven't been able to see. And I went through much the same logic of, Oh, well, we've got three films that are available on Netflix. I'll be watching those later. And then, so, but like three films on Netflix, Netflix could split their own vote. And then I thought about who's spending money on campaign and that, That led me to reading about the Queen of Basketball. And just by reading about what it's about, I am now fascinated by the story and I am invested to where I want to see the documentary. That's my logic. So I'm going with Queen of Basketball. Oh, sold me on the story because it's by the way made by the New York Times, which is why they had the money for the um, for the billboard, I imagine. But like, yeah, but they're putting money into this campaign. Oh, they've got nothing else going for them. Believe it was co-produced by like Shaq or something. So it reminds me of like when Kobe won his Oscar for love. Thinking that. I was just yeah. thinking that um, like this, this is the one that I think is going to happen and I am I am looking forward to it. So that's why I'm going with Queen of Basketball for like literally without having seen this just kind of playing the Oscar research game. And if you're a listener going, what the fuck is he talking about? Yeah, I'm nuts. I know. OK, like, I, <laughs> like, like that's what I did. We can stop on this one, though, because none of us have anything to say about that. We haven't seen them specifically. So we can go to documentary feature, though, where yes. the choices are Ascension Attica, Flea, Summer of Soul, and Writing with Fire. This is a hard one, right? Because Flea has yes. been nominated for multiple categories. We should, we should tell people about Flea. Flea has done something that's never been done before in Oscar history. It has three nominations. It is nominated for Documentary Feature, Best International Feature Film, which formerly called Foreign Film, and Animated Feature Film. Three very odd categories to be mixed together, and it's the first time that's ever happened. So... It's nominated for international feature film, animated feature film, and documentary feature, which gives it some buzz. But at the same time, <laughs> it means that I don't think it's going to win all three. Like, it, oh. And spoilers, I don't think it's going to win any of them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> not. I don't think it's going to win a great movie. Say, but but uh, those it, other categories it, are pretty tough this year yeah Yeah. it's really tough to do anything in the animated feature category that isn't Disney or Pixar Mm -hmm. and then I gotta say that it's pretty hard to sell people on animated films outside of the animated categories therefore I was inclined because Wayne gave it such a ringing endorsement during our things you missed episode to go with summer Mm -hmm. of soul I also feel like of the topics that are addressed in the documentary it's the one that people who aren't necessarily documentary people quote unquote to Mm -hmm. have given a chance to watch so that was why 
Summer of Soul gets my vote. So first of all, I love this category. It's always my favorite category. And this year was very strong. And I think Summer of Soul has to win. If, if Summer of Soul does not win this category, I will eat my shoe. I, I think, you know, first of all, the buzz that it got out of Sundance, which was actually where I saw it last year, w- was so immense. It was the film of the festival. I mean, Coda was technically the film of the festival, but Summer yeah, of Soul but, was yeah. truly the, the, the film that was getting the most praise. It, it, on top of that, it's on Disney Plus. Disney's pushing it. It is, it is timely, but it's also, you know, a kind of uh, the Beatles get back situation where, you know, it's timely, but at the same time, it's something that was, you know, 50 years old and locked in a vault and found. Uh, Questlove is a beloved person. Yeah. And, and I think it's just one of the most well-made, well-edited movies I've seen in the last year, you know, documentary or otherwise. I think Attica has, a, has an outside chance uh, of taking it. I believe Attica won the BAFTA. I'm not sure if it's won anything else, like in its own in its own field. That's also an amazing film that I recommend people watch. That's on Showtime. But yeah, all winners here. Writing with Fire is an incredible documentary as well. And Ascension is a very unique kind of montage documentary that's on Paramount. Plus. So a lot of these movies are actually pretty, pretty accessible. You know, a lot of them are on streaming services or otherwise. So I would recommend anybody who I would recommend anybody listening to to check uh, all of these out. This is going to be the second time that we're going to all three agree on the same thing. Summer of Soul. It's, so everything has won awards. Everything in a strong category this year. I think I, so. The BAFTA, I forgot. I think that would have. Yeah, I believe Goth- that's the case. Yeah, the Gothams went to flee there. It's a tough it's a tough year for this category. Or maybe it's my heart, but also I think the Academy is going to want to go, look, we're not so racist. And, you know, we we can give yep. the black movie an, an award. It's a black and, movie that um, white people can like. And I think that can, a yeah. lot of times makes that's the Green Book effect. It's yeah. black, but it has uh, it's made with the white audience in mind a lot of ways. Right. And it's one that and, I, and it's one. And I don't mean that, you know, we we're calling it the Green Book effect, but I don't want to I don't want people to think. You know, we, we sort of dissed Green Book a lot earlier. This is the Green Book effect in a good way. Good way, like, yes. I, yeah, I think I think this one can happen. I think Questlove has found something, and I think this is one where people are going to go, "Oh, there's something there," and it's a movie that you can feel good about voting for. Um, yes, because Attica is also about racial issues in the country, but it's definitely not a movie that you can feel good about. It is a very right. hard movie to watch, and that's where I think Summer of Soul gets the edge. So I think it's going to be Summer of Soul. You said Attica. I think Flea. He's got an outside chance for the reasons that Monica said. Yeah, true, but, true. But, but I, think- I want everybody to know, like, Writing, writing with fire and ascension, they don't have a chance in hell of winning this award. I, but please, both of them are definitely watching. worth watching. All right, so now we can get some more technical awards again. Film editing, where the choices are: Don't Look Up, Dune, King Richard, The Power of the Dog, and Tick Tick Boom. I'll go first because I haven't gone first in a while, and I'm not sure on this one. And I'm kind of curious where you guys are going to fall. Here's where I'm choosing Tick Tick Boom. A few reasons. First off, the movie's amazing, and this movie hangs together because of film editing also the performance of andrew garfield but the editing on this film is amazing since it, there's a lot of non-linearness since there's a lot of illusions and things that are not you're not sure this movie works because it is edited perfectly and so I want it to win it deserves to win and i think it is a marvel of production value um it also again going with the trades it won the eddie award for musical or comedy the eddie award for music 
or drama. It this is, works like, you know, the way the Globes work and the way like SAGs work where they give multiple awards. So King Richard also won an Eddie Award. And so we don't know which one it's going to go. But the Eddie for musical or comedy went to Tick, Tick, Boom. And I think it's going to take it. That's where I'm at. But, um, I picked the same. And I picked okay. the same for the reasons that you did because this is such a non-linear story and also because mm-hmm. there's such a i feel like a variety of filmmaking techniques in tick tick boom and sort of like a there's a real variety of what feels like the actual medium itself like the film isn't necessarily mm-hmm. told in a traditional way even in terms of the actual visuals on camera and i think that therefore it's one in which people are paying attention to the editing more because it doesn't, it, you know, like there's a sense in which when you watch a montage, you take the idea of montage mm-hmm. for granted because your brain is subconsciously putting all of those things together. And then the fact it's that you're it, yeah. looking at a bunch of different things and recognizing them to be different things means that you are paying more attention to the editing itself. So mm-hmm. that for me was why I also was in agreement of Tick Tick Boom seems like the perfect technical piece to win. Okay, I have to say that I am going to disagree with you guys, and I am going to go with King Richard, which I didn't realize won that award, but I think similar to what you guys are saying, it's really the editing that really aids what the story is telling, or, or how, you know, what the story's about. King Richard is a tennis movie, and I think tennis creating, you know, getting that feeling of the back and forth of tennis is extremely important, and in a way, even the dialogue scenes, even when they're off the, the tennis court, I think there's a kind of a an interesting back and forth that the pacing of it, the way it's edited kind of feels like a tennis game. And, you know, and that's, and then on the court, obviously, you know, you, it's hard to cut together a tennis match. I mean, just having to, you know, do shot reverse shot and, you know, you have to get the, the ball to match up. I mean, very technical work and then also making it entertaining while being, you know, while being coherent, that's really difficult. And I think, I think I, I'm, I'm glad it won that award. Cause I think, I think that's gonna, that's gonna get it Fair enough. Okay. Okay. Next on my sheet, I have international feature film, formerly known as best foreign film. You know, I think this one is, I don't think there's a more predictable award in this category. I think it's drive my car. Obviously mm-hmm. it's nominated for best picture. I mean, man, if you're, if you can get your, your international film to be nominated for best picture, you're basically, you know, a lock in that category. I will say that my mm-hmm. heart pick would be the worst person in the world, which I think is uh, an excellent movie. Flea is also very good. I watched the, the other two, the hand of God, and Unana, a yak in the classroom, didn't was not a fan of either of them. Fine, I'm a little baffled why Unana, a yak in the classroom, was nominated over some of the other some of the other foreign or uh, international films that were released this year. But yeah, no, Drive My Car is clearly the front runner just in terms of its appearance on two the two major categories: best director and best picture. Yeah, I mean it is rare. I mean I'll say, that was my pick as well. It is. I don't think it's ever happened that anybody has been nominated for both and not won the international it essentially it really pushes you to the top of the list because it means that people who want it means people who want to vote for best picture are more likely to watch your movie and then therefore vote in international feature film which is not the one that is voted the most so that's what so that's what i picked as well though it is you know this is another one where flea has a shot so i think it's going to be i think it's going to be um drive my car which again just won the bafta as well it won the globe monica what about you so this is a another three for three category so <laughs> Just based on the response that was at Cannes this year, I just 
drive my car is very clearly the front runner. If mm-hmm. we were to go with our heart of heart picks, I love everything that Paolo Sorrentino touches. So I would love to give it to Hand of God, but <laughs> it just is no comparison to the response that driving my car had at can and And he's uh, already won as well yeah exactly Mm -hmm. going to go into another technical award makeup and hairstyling nominees being coming to america (laughs) coming to america (laughs) cruella dune the eyes of tammy faye and house of gucci i think this is one where anything could happen however i'm going with the eyes of Tammy Faye just won the BAFTA. This is moving again. Uh, the two films that just won the, uh, the makeup hair artist awards, which have multiple categories, which are Cruella and coming to America, depending on whether or which, which of their subcategories. So this could be anything. Yeah. Also Dune and House of Gucci are nominated. They're not going to win. So if you're a big Dune head, sorry, you've got other awards. But And I'm not positive on this one. This is one where I think understated can get you a makeup and hairstyling award. Otherwise, it would totally be Cruella. <laughs> but I think that I don't think you're going to win on most makeup and hair here. I think you're going to win on subtle makeup and hair. So I think Eyes of Tammy Faye, which still has kind of a lot of makeup and hair, but I think it's going to be, oh, look how transformational they turned her into, into Tammy Faye. So that's where I went with Eyes of Tammy Faye. So I'm going to go with a different movie, but for similar reasons. And you said it's never okay. going to win. But House of Gucci, I know for a fact, the hair and makeup department heads had very large research books that apparently a certain director didn't feel the need to look at. And then the hair and makeup team (laughs) went behind a certain director's back and did it all anyway. And I would like to think that their research will be rewarded. I also would like to remind all of the listeners that I went and saw House of Gucci. And at the end, my husband turned to me and went, Jared Leto was in this movie. (laughs) Do I think that it's the favorite? No. Do I feel like the work that was done, especially in the face of someone saying that hair and makeup doesn't matter, deserves to be able to say, fuck you, I got an Oscar? Absolutely. So... That is why House of Gucci okay. is my you're, you're, makeup and hairstyling pick. You're selling me on wanting it to win now. Okay. Like given that story, which I did not know. Now I'm like, okay, we did transform Leto. So I mean, in, in that suicide squad is an Oscar award winner for this category. You got something there. Yeah, the Oscar award, yes. The Oscar award winning movie, not this year's movie, but the, the Oscar award winning movie suicide squad, the original was one in this category. So, you know, because inexplicably, that's something. again, people like Jared Leto, big giant yeah. question mark, but I think they might pay attention again. Jared Leto is arguably why I, Club one for makeup and hair. so yeah yeah okay keep rubbing Jared Leto wearing of makeup <laughs> and that's gonna be enough that's uh, possible <laughs> Sam what do you got for us Steve you, you gonna yeah. break this tie now I'm really conflicted I, you guys are both doing a really good job I mean I think ultimately ultimately I'm gonna go with the eyes of Tammy Faye because and literally for the same reason as you know yeah is a lot like you know, I think going for House of Gucci is kind of the history of men in heavy prosthetics winning this category I'm 
thinking of Vice mm-hmm. in 2018 and Darkest yeah. Hour in 2017. How I think Eyes of Tammy Faye is actually similar in the in the, in that you know just recently watched the, the movie and maybe that's biased too. Though I also just recently watched House of Gucci. You know Jessica Chastain in that movie plays somebody like from their 20s into their like 40s, and, and they really you know she looks like a child at the beginning. You know like a 20 year old kid, and then she, she looks like you know all wrinkles and everything at the end. And I think like yes, they did do all the prosthetics to Jared Leto. They didn't give a shit about aging up anybody over House of Gucci, despite the fact that it also takes place over multiple decades, at least one decade. No more if you count the end. Yes, I think think ultimately like Eyes of Tammy Faye is like the flashiest kind of, you know, we put a lot of stuff on Jessica Chastain's face. And yeah, so I think I'm going to have to go with Eyes of Tammy Faye. I would like to include just a little tiny tidbit. So for Mm -hmm. the museum exhibition that we installed, usually the styling of the mannequins themselves is pretty neutral. Our Eyes of Tammy Faye mannequin did receive a pair of false eyelashes. That really is part of the costume, I think. Or the real Tammy Faye, that's part of the costume. (laughs) That's just makeup. Oh, That's awesome. All right. The next one on my sheet here is original score with the nominees being Don't Look Up, Dune, Encanto, Parallel Mothers, and The Power of the Dog. I want to go with my heart on this and say Johnny Greenwood, but you know what? I'm going to I'm going to switch my pick. I'm more flexible than other people. I'm going to say The Power of the Dog, Johnny Greenwood. And the reason I'm saying that is, you know, first of all, I think it's a good score. But second of all, I think Johnny Greenwood was the name that popped up the most this year. He did the score for Spencer as well. And I believe he also did, you know, minimal music because a lot of it is uh, is existing songs, but uh, Licorice Pizza as well. And I think it's one of those situations where, you know, Trent Reznor was nominated for two, you know, and one. And I think this is, you know, only one got nominated. But I think I think Johnny Greenwood uh, did. I don't know. Did do you know if he won for uh, Phantom Thread? He did not. He did not. I think it's time then. I think it's Johnny Greenwood's time to win uh, this award. OK, oh my God. He also did. He also didn't win. And was he not even nominated for There Will Be Blood? Yeah, no, it's Johnny Greenwood's time. They're giving it to him. I don't I'm not confident at all, but uh, yeah. Okay, I'm going (laughs) to I'm using similar logic, so I'm going to give mine against all odds. I think this is going to Dune or really to Hans Zimmer. Uh, Hans Zimmer does have an Oscar. Mm -hmm. He won an Oscar for Lion King in 1994. It's been a long time since Hans Zimmer has gotten an Oscar. And I think we really want to give him another one just before he dies. I think. (laughs) And, you know, like, I I just feel like this is another one of those ones where I'm like, oh, this is wide open. Did win the HMMAs, it's Hollywood movies and media award. They have, they do theirs by genre. So it won for sci-fi, but also Power of the Dog was nominated uh, for drama. Don't look up one like uh, Mother's One for a foreign language. This could be anything, right? I think I'm leaning towards Zimmer for this one. So, so. And I, Dune, I don't think he's old enough. Zimmer. I think he's 64 years old. I think if he was yeah. in his late 70s, it would be the time to give him a new one. That's true. But it's, and what's going for you is unlike, I mean, Zimmer's going to be nominated again probably next year and probably the year after that, right? Like, right. like, like, it, like it, it's just going to keep happening. So like, so Greenwood's got a shot in that people are going to be like, well, it doesn't come up every year, you know, Monica, what about you? Well, I also got stuck between 
the two because I was like, doesn't poor Hans Zimmer deserve better than the Pirates of the Caribbean soundtrack? <laughs> and but like I really liked, but for me, I would have given the nomination for Spencer, not for Power of the Dog. And that's why mm-hmm. I got a little stuck because for me, Spencer, like the soundtrack sort of is the movie. Like it is mm-hmm. the anxiety. It is the tone. It is film. And Power of the Dog is that, but less so. But it was one of those where I was, uh, if I'm judging based on a greater body of work, I, and the fact that it got a lot of nominations and we haven't actually given any awards to it yet, it felt like this was Power of the Dog and Johnny Greenwood's award to win for me. Okay. All right. So moving from original score to the most obvious follow-up, that's original song. And the choice is being Be Alive from King Richard. I cannot say this. Dos <laughs> Uruguitas from Anto. Down to Joy from Belfast. No Time to Die from No Time to Die. And Somehow You Do from Four Good Days. Monica, you haven't got first in a while. Of all of the categories, this was probably the one that tripped me up the most because you're okay. asking me to choose between Beyonce, Lin-Manuel Miranda, Van Morrison, and Billie Eilish. And I tried uh-huh. to think of who the Academy likes more. And that was one where I was like, does the Academy know who Billie Eilish is? The Academy like Lin-Manuel Miranda? Not particularly. Does the Academy still think that Beyonce, that's a wild card for them. So that was one where I'm still, I still don't have an answer. I'm going to pick an okay. answer right now on on the podcast. And here's the thing. I love Bond movies and I love Bond movies for the music. For me, the Bond song is such like an intrinsic part of the brand and the movie and the identity. So mm-hmm. I would like to give it in my heart of hearts to No Time to Die to Billie Eilish. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I see what Monica's putting down. I think, first of all, this is another baffling category. There's no real standout song this year, and there isn't always. I think last year there wasn't either. Mm -hmm. You know, there was no shallow or no, like, big Disney song. I think it's probably the most noteworthy thing about this category is that the song that got nominated for Encanto is not the song that's the gigantic hit. They didn't know what song was going to be popular. Like They screwed up! I do do that we don't talk about Bruno popularity was something that nobody... I don't think anybody could have predicted that would happen. I definitely didn't think that at the end of the day, I'm going to go with, you know, I'm still going to go <laughs> with this song from Encanto that I also do not want to pronounce mostly because, you know, yes, it's improving, but uh, it is mostly older white people and old white people. I don't know what you're talking about, Monica. I think old white people love Lin-Manuel Miranda. I think Lin-Manuel Miranda is like catnip to old white people. If my parents are any indication. So, so I'm still going to go with Encanto on this one. Okay. This is my chance to break a tie. And I stressed about this for exactly the same reason as Monica. I was like, oh, well, so easy to just give Beyonce an award. But everyone really wants to see Lin-Manuel Miranda get an EGOT. Like, it's just, it's something that we want to happen. It's going to happen eventually. It's got to happen. Why not this year? And the reason it's not going to be this year is because they chose the wrong song. If they'd chosen Bruno, this would be a lot. And it just didn't happen, right? Like they, in the old days, you used to like nominate, you know, you, you used to submit two songs to uh, to this category and hey maybe you'll get them both in there but like no one people are afraid of splitting the vote and think it was the wrong call Beyonce I was leaning that way for a long time but I think it's going to be Billie Eilish wow. I think it's going to be No Time to Die I think it's going to be 
let's give an award to Bond. It, it's for the song and for the movie. And yeah. I don't know who that girl is. She's got green hair. That's weird. But they're like, they're <laughs> yeah. yeah. This, if this wins, then it will be three Bond songs in a row to, to win this uh-huh. award because Spectre uh-huh. won somehow. And uh, obviously, uh-huh. it's Skyfall. So possible. Yep. I think it's going to happen. I don't think they, I don't think they know who Billie Eilish is. I think they know who Daniel Craig is. And I think they're sad <laughs> that there won't be any more Daniel Craig movies. <laughs> I mean, I'm using the same award for Daniel Craig. Yeah, I'm using the same idea as you, which is I think they're going to see Lin-Manuel Miranda and they don't care what song it is. They'll be like, oh, that's probably the song my kids are singing because my kids are watching it five times a day. And that's probably the fight, right? Like, is it, you know, are they voting for it not knowing that they're voting for the wrong song or are they voting for I've heard of 007? What age are their grandchildren? Are they six or are they 16? That's a good question. There's so so many options here. I'm going to hit one that I think is going to be a favorite for, for Monica here. Are we doing costume costumes? design? We're doing costume design. Ooh. Shit. Here we go. Okay. And we got Cruella, Cyrano, Dune, Nightmare Alley, and West Side Story. What do you got? Monica, you can go first because you got because you're gonna have like logic. I'm I was excited to to get to this one because I want to see what you'd pick and why. Okay. So this is also coming from someone who has actually seen all of these costumes in person has mm-hmm. gotten to touch all of these costumes and tell you what they look like inside and outside of these costumes. That being mm-hmm. said, the thing that wins is not always the thing that is the best constructed, is okay. not always my favorite of the year. If we're going to get, you know, really nitty gritty about it, Dune looks cool on camera. In person, Timothy Chalamet is wearing the generic super suit that every superhero movie, like it's made out of the same material. It's nothing special. Mm-hmm. The dress is a yellow dress is an absolute nightmare to work with that shows every bump and is, in my opinion, when you work with a fabric that tricky that will be flattering on no one, not a skillful garment. Like there are just so many things that I would pick apart about all of these. Cyrano, Mm -hmm. another one, not particularly well made. Jacqueline Duran, however, gets nominated a lot. So for me, I love the costumes for Nightmare Alley. I love the costumes for Cruella. And I love the costumes for West Side Story. I think that West Side Story is a little too simple to nab the win. And I think that Nightmare Alley is a movie that not enough people were willing to sit through to be like, wow, these costumes are really good. And that leaves me with Cruella and Jenny Beaven, who has also won before, who I think is incredibly talented. I think was the right, has the right design identity for Cruella. As a designer, I think that Cruella itself is a movie that is about fashion industry and the history of fashion and is a story of two designers and is therefore a movie that is putting costumes at the forefront of the narrative. And I think the costumes themselves in person are really fucking cool. So that's a very long answer for 100% hands down. I will be devastated if Cruella does not win the costume design category. Wow. <laughs> devastated. Okay. Sam, sure. You have that yeah, kind of passion. I don't, but <laughs> to make it a lot simpler for you, Monica, Cruella is also about fashion. Therefore, a win because it's about fashion. I also have seen all of these. And in, in, I mean, I don't, I agree with your assessment of Dune being kind of like, 
I mean, I don't even think it looks that cool on camera. I think like it looks like interesting, but it also like they all look the same color. It's all very sandy. It comes in with the environments. I don't think it's that, that exceptional West Side Story. Also, just looking at it from the outside, it seemed very simplistic. So, I mean, Cyrano is the kind of thing that would win. Joe Wright's movies have won this Oscar before. I know at least Anna Karenina won this award. But I do think in the end, Cruella, you know, it's colorful. And it's again, the movie's about fashion. I think it's a no brainer. Mm-hmm. Here's the other thing. Jenny Beaven has been nominated 11 times and she won for Mad Max Fury Road. She's not exactly an underdog in the category. So I'm going to make this another sweep for us finally. Now, this is me not having anywhere near as much expertise as Monica has, obviously. But I used very similar logic to Sam. Going in, I knew Monica had the advantage that she'd literally seen the costumes, the actual literal costumes in person. But then I thought, hey, what if this is a disadvantage, though? Because she's going to judge based on the actual garment. So if I judge purely based on, you know, it could be absolute crap in person, but if it looks amazing on screen, that's how most of the voters are going to vote. Unfortunately, Dune looks like shit on screen. <laughs> it doesn't look good. Whereas Cruella, as Sam said, is a movie about fashion. It's going to win. Like, I don't see how this can go any other way. And I am I am with you guys on, I think Cruella is the absolute obvious pick here to win this award. And it won the BAFTA last week. It's, it won the CDGs, which are like costume designers guild i think yes and and it wants critic choices awards like last week it's it's the way to go uh, that's the fourth one we all agreed on okay all right we're gonna get to the big awards now mm-hmm. so the ones that everyone knows about we'll do cinematography first cinematography the nominees being dune nightmare alley the power of the dog the tragedy of Macbeth, and west side story well kind of like production design the you know my heart choice is tragedy of Macbeth. i think it's a uh, absolutely stunning mm-hmm. uh, black and white four by three aspect ratio just incredible looking movie again it's on apple tv plus if you haven't seen it which a lot of people haven't go watch it i think that i think i'm going to go with power of the dog in this category i think sweeping vistas are another catnip to the academy kind of thing and i mean quite frankly i've just heard a lot more buzz for ari wagner here than a lot of the other than any of the other nominees i know that you know west side story that the kind of the one shot takes from janice kaminsky have been talked about a lot I think West Side Story is just, uh, quite frankly, I think it wasn't as popular as a lot of people thought. And I I think the power of the dog is just going to take this category because the vistas, honestly, are the main thing that people see when they think about this movie. Yep. I'm giving away where I'm at. This is one of the cinematography is one of the ones where I think people, they go into their office Oscar pool and they do the wrong thing. This is one of those categories where like production design people will often vote for whatever has the most cinematography. And this is one of those categories where you can't go with the most. If you're going with the most cinematography, it's Dune. Dune is, wow, this is a big movie. I don't think that's the way to go here. I think you want immersive. I think you want something that is visual. I think Power of the Dog has several scenes where they sit there and they stare at mountains and go, them some damn pretty mountains that look like a dog. That's an actual quote from the movie. It's pretty close. So I think that's going to win. I'm going with Power of the Dog as well. This is a three for three for me. I also, Sam, I wanted to give something to Tragedy of Macbeth. And honestly, I would have loved if Tragedy of Macbeth had gotten a costume design nomination. Because Did you see those, those too? We do have those in person at the exhibit. And I was working at Warner Brothers at the time that they were filming Macbeth. And they were doing their fittings in the room that was next to ours. So I got to see the making of the costumes. I got to see the fitting of the costumes. I got to see the end result of the costumes. 
and they are just absolutely gorgeous. The fact that I think most people are overlooking this movie because they're like, yeah, Shakespeare, I've read that before. I know what happens is a complete disservice to the film because it's pretty amazing. And I also get really frustrated because a lot of times I feel like cinematography is one in which I'm like, oh, what you are actually looking at is geography or landscape (laughs) in which we're all about to be like, yeah, those mountains are gorgeous. But like the cinematographer didn't put the (laughs) mountains there. They didn't even find the mountain. That was the location (laughs) scout. Yeah. But I think that we're all right that power of the dog and i think maybe it's just something about the western genre especially like the academy loves the history yeah, mm-hmm. the nostalgia the legacy of the western and so i think that it's really, really hard to compete with that and as much as i did dislike power of the dog there was a sense in which i felt like i noticed the cinematography more and felt like the cinematography was right for the film that was being told and therefore i'm willing to be like okay yeah it's fit i guess kind of power mm-hmm. of the dog so Okay, so we got another one where we're all locked in on the same one. So let's follow cinematography up with directing where the nominees are Belfast, Drive My Car, Licorice Pizza, The Power of the Dog and West Side Story. The Power of the Dog again for me. Cars on the Table. Again, I didn't care for this film that much, but it just won the DGAs and so good push. I could see it being any of these, but I think I I feel like it's going to take it. I actually got stuck between Licorice Pizza and Belfast for a while, just because those are both like kind of homage films for like very personal films for the directors about childhood and their influences and growing up. And I usually feel like that's a space that the Academy likes to sit in that feels comfortable to them. This idea of like movies about movies, like movies Mm -hmm. about tours and about influences. And therefore, this is one that, again, didn't like the movie, but I think I want to give it to P.T. Anderson and Licorice Pizza. Okay. Wow. I do feel like he's so good at being like tonally consistent. I feel like this movie in particular was also one where he's working with Philip Seymour Hoffman's son and P.T. Anderson and Philip Seymour Hoffman did a lot of movies together before his death. And so this feels like it is a personal movie about his influences, but it's also a personal movie as a director working through this like catharsis of grief with someone that you, the only other person who is going to understand that for you. And I think that there is something that is really special and really powerful about that that deserves to be recognized. And it's something that hasn't really come up a lot in conversations that I've necessarily read about the story. There's all of this attention to the actress, to Alana Haim, and not necessarily to the other relationships being explored in the film. And so therefore, to me, this is one where I would like for the thing that it represents this to receive a win. I mean, I think, unfortunately, my opinion is that like the Academy has so overlooked PTA that I just don't see this being the year. I think it's especially because, I mean, personally, I think it's not one of his best movies. And I think, you know, that's also working against it. I'm also going to go with the power of the dog. And a big reason for that, you know, another reason why it would be Jane Campion rather than Paul Thomas Anderson or some of the other people on this list is because, you know, she goes away and doesn't make another movie for like 10 years. That's what happened last time over 10 years. I think they want to make sure that she gets her due before she goes away for a, a lot because 
because, you know, Steven Spielberg, he has another movie coming out next year. Gay, obviously making more movies. Kenneth Branagh, obviously making more movies. If it's anybody else, I would say it would be Kenneth Branagh just because he might go back to making Hollywood movies. This might be his one chance to make an Oscar thing. But I think, you know, the whole the narrative around Power of the Dog has been finally giving Jane Campion her due. It's always been the thing around the movie. And I think I think uh, voters might be so scared that she's not going to win Best Picture that they want her to at least win Best Director. And so I think I think Power of the Dog it is. Fair enough. Okay, animated feature film. We're definitely getting into movies where I feel like maybe our listeners might have seen. So animated feature film. The nominees being Encanto, Flea, Luca, The Mitchells versus the Machines, and Raya and the Last Dragon. I mean, I think this is uh, kind of a David and Goliath type story between Disney and everybody else. I think <laughs> and, and in particular, you know, again, if it were me voting based on my heart, I would say the Mitchells versus the machines. I think it's a little bit too unfrenetic of a film. I, I think, you know, he didn't direct they didn't direct it, but Phil Lord and Chris Miller, who were producers on the movie, and it's very much in their style, I think they are constantly overlooked. I remember that year, I think it was twenty fourteen, the Lego movie was not even nominated in that category. Mm -hmm. despite being the clear, you know, best animated film of that year and many others. And so for that reason, I think the Mitchells versus the Machines, I just can't, I can't, as much as I like to think they would have, the Academy would have changed, I think, think they're going to go traditional. They usually do. I think it's going to be Encanto. Mm -hmm. It's one of those of the, which one did I like the most and which one is going to win? I think that I would like to say that it's Luca. I thought that Luca was adorable and heartwarming and fits our bill of things that are usually looked for in a Disney movie. But based on the release date, I think that Encanto has been the larger push and therefore I think it's going to go to Encanto. Yeah, and when it's the same okay. when it's the same company pushing, you know, mm -hmm. you have to wonder how much, you know, how they have to make an effort about which one they want to push first because they don't want the vote to get mm -hmm. split. I think right. I agree with you. I think Encanto is the one they've been pushing. I struggled with this one too for the same reasoning to you guys. And here's where this is going to be another one where we're going to lock down on the same thing for all three of us. Where I ultimately fell down on this was Mitchell's versus the Machines, which, by the way, just won the Annie Award, Best Animated Feature, for the Animation Awards. It's called the Annies. And it, if it were more of an underdog to where you could say this is a this is truly a David and Goliath story of, you know, someone versus Goliath, the, you know, the massive corporate entity that is Disney, then you've got a point. However, Mitchell's versus the machines, while it's in the David role, was produced by Sony and Columbia for airing on Netflix. This is, you know, so it's really, it's, it, this, this is not like an upstart, you know, out of nowhere indie film. This is still Lord and Miller are big enough name names. And also the Academy still kind of hates Netflix. <laughs> can avoid it. They will. I think I'm also falling down where it's going to be in Canto. It's a name that people know. It's the one where people are like, oh yeah, the one with that Bruno song. So I think this is another one of those ones where I think, I think we're all on the same page and we all feel pretty good about Encanto. Mitchell's versus the Machines also came out, I believe, last spring. So that's like almost a year ago. It's been a long time. Yeah. All right. So now best actress in a supporting role. Jess Jesse Buckley for The Lost Daughter. Ariana DeBose for West Side Story. Judy Dench for Belfast. Kirsten Dunst for The Power of the Dog. And Anjanou Ellis for King Richard. <sighs> I think we're going to give it to Kirsten Dunst, even mm. though I don't want to. No elaboration. She's good. 
question mark. <laughs> but I still sit with that, like, did I like the movie? Did she have a lot to work with given the script? No. Like, there, there is a sense in which, you know, it's a character. And like, we've had a lot of discussions of, like, when people act the most, sometimes that's yeah. the thing that, that's <laughs> rewarded. And I think that Kristen Dunst uh-huh. acted the most of all of these options. I- but I don't necessarily feel like that's should be the indicator of who receives an award because that character for me was very one noted. That's it. That's okay. I hated her. I hated her so me much. I, didn't like she was, I am a Kirsten Dunst fan and I would like to see her get an Oscar. Not for this. No, just not. for. I did not like, like her. And if she gets it, it's for body of work. And because frankly, you know, we were just saying it's the most acting, right? And I could see her getting an award for the most acting here. And she definitely acted in it a lot. It was, I mean, like I was saying, like the film, she was a big part of why. And again, I really do like her. I am a fan and have been for a long time. I did not enjoy her performance. I did not enjoy the character. I was just tired. Like it was physically tiring for me to watch this film. Where I feel the opposite way is with Ariana DeBose for West Side Story, where I think she was delightful. I thought she was great. I thought it was a great performance. I thought it was a lot of acting, maybe not the most acting, but second most. And I thought she was good at it. I think that doing the most or the second most is a good way to win supporting actor or actor. I think that I think that helps her. I think she's got the buzz of being in West Side Story. It's a neat thing to like sort of put her up to give her an award for the same thing that we gave Rita Moreno an award for. <laughs> I like the story of it. I love the story of it. And she also won the Globe already. She won the BAFTA already. I think that's where it's going. The part of it might be my heart, but I really think she can do it. Oh, she won the SAG too. So she's got the, um, she's got momentum going into this. So that's where I'm falling. Yeah. I mean, I, I want to give a runner up, just shout out to Jesse Buckley and the lost daughter. I think I'm really, mm-hmm. I'm I was surprised, but you know, gladly so to see her get this nomination. I think a lot, I've heard a lot of people say the same thing like, wow. Oh, that's, she was good in that. Yes, it's good. And you know, <laughs> and she is a, you know, she's establishing herself, I think is a real star, but come on, it's Ariana DeBose. Like she, I, I don't even know if I would <laughs> she say she's second to like second most acting. Like I think she sings, she dances, she has to wear her emotion mm-hmm. on her sleeve. She has never been seen before. It's like this fresh, you know, she has, but not by the most people. It was bar none a better performance than Kirsten I mean, Dunn. It's, and she, it's one of those Jesse Buckley things where she's not the main, you know, she's not the mm-hmm. main star. So it's, you know, whoa, who's this person bursting onto the scene here? And yeah, as you mentioned, Mav, she's locked up all, the, all these other big awards. So I think it, I wouldn't have said this right when the awards were announced, but I think over time, it feels like a lock to me at this point I, uh, yeah but it's not because yes, it you know, feels like a, it, yeah, it feels like it should but be it, but i agree there could be uh, some upset it's where i want it to be and i feel like it should be I'm less questionable about that than i'm going to be about some of my other acting awards that are coming up momentarily if ariana <laughs> debose doesn't win for this she's basically guaranteeing herself that somewhere down the line she'll get a consolation oscar for this like, I mean, I hope so. she can stick around. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the fact that this movie worked at all, if you go back to our, our movie draft show where we first talked about this, where I was just like, I don't know why this movie's happening, but Spielberg says he has a take and I believe him. And she 
needed this movie to happen. This was a role of a lifetime for her. So I hope she went. Speaking of actor in a supporting role, nominees being Aaron Hines for Belfast. Oh, I wish I, I don't knew. know how he pronounces his name. Troy Castor for Coda. Jesse Plemons for The Power of the Dog. J.K. Simmons for Being the Ricardos. And Cody Smith McPhee for The Power of the Dog. Sam, what do you think? Sure. Well, I think this is a pretty, and again, all these are great actors. And I'm never, never saying that, you know, any of them aren't. I think this is weak year for this category. They were, you know, everybody was good here. I don't think anybody on this list I'm looking at, except one person, has given their best work here. Like, definitely not J.K. Simmons. Definitely not Jesse Plemons. Not even Cody Smith McPhee. I think he's done better work before. Even when he was much younger, I think, in uh, in Let Me In, he was very good. I think, but maybe this is why I think the one person who kind of comes out of nowhere will be the one to win it. I think it's Troy Kutzer from Coda, which would be, uh, you know, I think everybody's rallying around Coda at this late stage. I think it's winning a lot of the awards. Mm-hmm. I think he, you know, when I was saying that, you know, the, you know, certain movies, the, the interest in them are dwindling. I think Coda has like turned it around just in terms of the overall conversation that we're having around this award season. And I think, you know, Troy mm-hmm. Kutzer won the, did he win the SAG or was it the BAFTA or? He, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, it's a, it's a, it would be a win for representation. He is deaf. And, and I think it's a great job. I think he's the best, one of the best parts of that film. I don't, I'm not, I don't think it's a great movie, but I think uh, he, he does a really good job and would be happy to see him win. And I think, I think he can do it. Roy Kotzer is my heart pick, not just my like what I think the Academy is going to choose pick. And I, mm-hmm. for me, he is the heart of Coda. Like he is the heart of that movie. He is the thing that makes you laugh. And he is the thing that makes you sob uncontrollably in a movie theater when you sit and watch Coda. Like it, I could think of no one more deserving this year. who really did just blow everyone else out of the water. Okay. So, so here's where I'm torn. Okay. And this is one where you guys have picked who I want to pick. Both of you have. And where I'm at is this is another one of those ones where I feel like I didn't love the performance, but I didn't hate it either. And I was leaning towards Cody Smith McPhee for Power of the Dog. He was fine. What's going to hurt him, I think, is there's going to be some Power of the Dog lovers who are going to be like, or who people who are just caught up in, in the story behind Power of the Dog, because it is the big pick. And what I said before about if you're not sure, you could always go with Power of the Dog. But if you're not sure you're going to go with Power of the Dog and you haven't actually seen it, but you're just voting, Jesse Plemons is a bigger name. And I think he might take some of the votes away from him. So for the reasons you guys said, I think I'm ultimately going to to also fall with Kotzer, with Troy Kotzer. Like the representation story, I, think, I don't think Coda's going to win other stuff. <laughs> Just just like, you know, showing my hands for a later category because this isn't Coda's last nomination, but Coda didn't get a lot of nominations. Or you said you weren't sure if he won the SAG or the BAFTA. I checked. I knew he'd won the SAG. He won them. Oh, yeah, that's what he I does thought. have the BAFTA yep. as well. Yeah. So so he also took the Critic Choice Award. He did not get the Globe, but he took the Gotham. He took the the Spirit Award. He's doing well. And it is a little late for Coda to be picking up momentum, but if they're going to make it happen anywhere, this is the spot where it's going to happen. So I will make this a sweep between the three of us as well, and I will also pick that one. Now, we're at Actress in a Leaning Role. Jessica Chastain for The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Olivia Coleman for The Lost Daughter. Penelope Cruz for Parallel Mothers. Nicole Kidman for Being the Ricardos. 
Rose and Kristen Stewart for Spencer. I feel like this is a pretty hard category this year. Like, I think so too. This is one in which I feel like each of these women have received an equal amount of both, buzz and an equal amount of both leading actor categories. I think but leading actor and leading actress both and so this year. This one felt hard. And especially mm-hmm. because I think that the way that the awards have fallen aren't necessarily the way that I thought they were going to. So mm-hmm. this is one in which I went with a heart pick because it felt so hard otherwise. And I went with Olivia Coleman in The Lost Daughter. One, because I feel like she usually does really well with the Academy. And two, because I felt like she gave a really great performance in this particular movie. First of all, I just want to say that one of the most bizarre snubs of the entire slate of categories is in this category. Uh, Renata Reinsfeh from Worst Person in the World. I mean, seemed mm-hmm. like a lock to me. Truly one of the best performances I've seen in many years. And the fact that it got a nomination in screenplay, but not in for the actress who is like the whole thing revolves around is almost always on screen is, I think, very bizarre oversight, especially when you know, I like Nicole Kidman, but don't think she's particularly compelling in being the Ricardos. That might be the movie's fault more than her. But of the five nominees here, I really wanted I want to say Olivia Coleman, like Monica. Unfortunately, I feel like, you know, she just won. And again, and I say just when it was, you know, it's been five years. But it's been three years. It's 2019. Because it's part of my, my logic, God, too. Wow. She went oh, for the wow. favorite. Yeah. It was only, I thought it was, I thought it was 2017. Okay, yes. The pandemic. No, nope. happened. I, it's going to be part of my logic as well. Yeah. And so, unfortunately, I think that's definitely too soon. And so, you know, Kristen Stewart, I think the boat lo- left for Spencer a long time ago, unfortunately. This won't be the one for her, and she's very young. So ultimately, you know, I, I frankly, I haven't seen Parallel Mothers. I'm going to say Jessica Chastain for the eyes of Tammy Faye. I think, uh, first of all, I believe she won the SAG. She won uh, the SAG. And second of all, I think she does a very difficult thing here, which is, as I said, in the makeup category, or was it that, yeah, the makeup category, she has to act like, you know, over the span of 20 years. And I think, again, compared to something similar like House of Gucci, she really changes the the way that she acts she really shows a lot of variety a lot of range in you know being a kind of over her head kid to becoming a very jaded very distraught woman again i think the eyes of tammy faye is not a very successful movie but in so much that it's watchable at all it's i think almost all because of just chastain so i think i think i can see it going her way though i think olivia coleman i think it's neck and neck with her and olivia coleman Okay, so at the beginning of the show, we talked about, you know, Oscar season and everything. And I mentioned that it didn't used to be this way, right? Like you used to just be able to win by being the best movie because like things would stick around for a long time. And in an old world before the Oscars were just about positioning, Kristen Stewart probably had this locked up. If the Oscars had been four months ago, Kristen Stewart had this locked up. I don't think anybody remembers the movie came out. So I think Spencer, I think the boat failed. I think it was too early. I think it was just too far outside the season. So for me, I think this also comes down to a hard fight between Jessica Chastain, Olivia Coleman, and Nicole Kidman. And Chastain took the sag. Coleman won an Oscar three years ago, and I don't think they're going to feel the need to give her another one. Nicole Kidman, however, won an Oscar 20 years ago. And if you give it to her, then you can also pretend you're giving an Oscar to Lucy. So I think it goes to Nicole Kidman. So we have a three-way split. I think Nicole Kidman gets it for, for being the Ricardo. The Oscars love a biopic. Was it nominated? And was it nominated for Best Picture? I know. So th- this is its shot. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is the one place where you can award it. Well, it's not the only place, but it's the only place it's going to happen because because we did because we didn't give it to J.K. Simmons. None of us voted. 
for him on 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 for JK Simmons. So I think I, I think that's what that's where it's gonna happen. Okay, I guess it could also happen in actor in a leading role. So I guess I'll go first for actor in a leading role because I just gave away that I'm not voting for the air by our death. This oh I hate this. I hate this so much. I don't want to do actor in a leading role. I hate this so much because the best actor was Andrew Garfield for spending a fucking year pretending he wasn't in Spider-Man. When all he wanted to do was promote this movie, which is a delightful film and everyone should go see Tick, Tick, Boom. Tick, Tick, Boom is amazing. Andrew Garfield's amazing in it. As much as I think the editing is important to that film, I think Garfield gives a stellar performance, the performance of a lifetime. And I think he deserves an Oscar. However, I think Will Smith is going to take this. I think the Academy needs to give an award to Will Smith even more than Will Smith wants to win this. And this is the one where I'm like, okay, we're going to give it to King Richard kind of for a lifetime achievement award for Will Smith. You know, it's for King Richard, but also a little bit for Ali and a little bit for Pursuit of Happiness. And <laughs> that's what I think is going to happen. I think I think Will Smith takes this. That's my feeling on it. And where are you at? With well, it? I mean, again, I have to do this every time it's nominated for something. But I think Denzel Washington gives one of the best performances of his career easily yeah. with Macbeth. And I think in a just world, Denzel would be taking home award and i do think will smith is going to win um will smith is my mm-hmm. choice however a lot of people were positive that chadwick boseman was going to win last year and that gives me pause that really gives me pause however for the racism of the law you mean or, or out there the Hopkins doesn't believe him but are you saying because of that you think it's just gonna no i'm not talking about race i'm just talking about the unpredictability of the field the upset um, okay. it gives me pause because the assumption that will smith because again the narrative that will smith is going to win is so strong but the narrative that chadwick mm-hmm. is going to win was was also extremely, I mean, it was incredibly strong and we saw what happened as a mm-hmm. result. However, I think it's a bit of a different situation because the person that Chadwick Boseman was up against was Anthony Hopkins. And I think that's an extraordinary circumstance to have him giving that performance that Anthony Hopkins did and versus, you know, unfortunately, you know, Chadwick, his performance was amazing. The film I thought was pretty was a little weak mm-hmm. so for that reason i still think that will smith is going to win Andrew garfield was very good Javier bardem was not good sorry i mean javier bardem is the most way. bizarre it's just so bizarre for a lot of reasons it's a bizarre ricky ricardo doesn't look sound like him yeah, I mean, like he's not the same ethnicity as him it's a whole yeah. bunch of things and also i just want to say that another baffling omission was simon rex who starred in red rocket which is my personal favorite movie of 2021 a lot of people thought he was gonna mm-hmm. get in there the whole movie got shut out and why well, it's a little weird but that's a shame because mm-hmm. i think you know flip out javier bardem for simon rex would have had something there you would have been, had a category will smith has this okay, okay. I, monica i can't see javier bardem as anything other than the scary man from No Country for Old Men. <laughs> and so think about like if the listeners Which is not Desi could just, yeah, if the listeners could just put scary man from No Country for Old Men next to Lucille Ball, they would understand why Javier Bardem has no business being in this category. So I saw King Richard. I did not enjoy King Richard. For me, it was like it was a perfectly like eh, biopic sports movie. I felt like King Richard was written in a way that Richard specifically felt like a very inconsistent character. And mm-hmm. so some of it is I don't know whether to place the blame on the script or on Will Smith. But like when my critique of the film is that I don't feel like I ever got a great sense of who Richard was really hard for me to like, even though 
like it makes all of the logic makes sense as to why Will Smith is going to win it. It's just so undeserving for me because Will Smith and Richard was the thing that took me out of the film because I spent so much time sort of questioning who he was as a person. I think that Denzel Washington is absolutely amazing and does his best work when he does plays. Like, even though some of his other plays haven't necessarily like been the best films, I think that Denzel, as the actor, is the best actor when he is doing theater. That said, Andrew Garfield is also a movie about theater, and I literally can't give it to anyone else. Like, he is so good Mm -hmm. that he doesn't even deserve the Oscar that he already has, like, for the Clint Eastwood movie about the war. He didn't win for Hacksaw Ridge. This would be kind of a makeup. He uh, he was nominated, but he didn't win for Hacksaw Ridge that year. He was up against Casey Affleck for uh, Manchester by by the Sea. So he was nominated, but he didn't take it. It was uh, that year, it would have been Casey Affleck, uh, Andrew Garfield, Ryan Gosling. Vigo Mortensen and Denzel Washington fences. So that was the, that was a rough year yeah. for best actor. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and Casey Affleck took it. You, yeah. you know what though? Um, he did win the Tony for Angels in America, which does right, give me but, hope that he could win for another movie about the love of Broadway. Mm-hmm. So he's so you're going with Andrew Garfield, which I would love to happen. I don't think Denzel can take it. I Here's the thing. Will Smith didn't wait 20 years to lose the Oscar to Denzel Washington again because Ali was up against training day and that's why he didn't win. So it's going to be real interesting. You want to do best picture and then we'll end on Monica's uh, category. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So we'll do the last official category, which is best picture. And the choices are the nominees are Belfast. Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. Pick none of them. (laughs) Thank you for saying that. I want to say before Monica says it, like, this is, I don't want to be a bummer my first time on the show, but like, this is kind of a bad like group of movies in my opinion not bad there's only one movie on this list that i would consider a very good movie and no movies on this list that i would consider a great movie which isn't to say that they're not enjoyable though some of them i did not enjoy very much at all it's kind of a down year and i think that on one level that is sad but on another level i think that makes it more unpredictable because there's no you know there's no parasite there's no clear lock or clear masterpiece in my opinion among the among these nominees Mm. so that yeah is that these are all kind of mediocre like movies to me in which i have pretty large critiques of all of them and also (sighs) at the same time so i would say that maybe my favorite movie my the movies that i enjoyed like sometimes i still have critiques that i'm willing to forgive i really liked spencer i didn't particularly like Kristen Mm. stewart and that's basically the point of spencer but i still really liked spencer Like there's still there's something about that where I'm like willing to make the excuses for it because there are other things. These movies, like I'm not willing to make the excuses for them. The closest that I get to saying that I want to give a best picture of these options that I wish I had other options is actually going to be Coda. Not because I think Coda is a particularly great movie, because I think that Coda at the end of the day is still a pretty cliche movie about a girl who wants to go to college and her parents don't agree. Like, and I've seen a lot of that movie before like i've seen a lot of coming of age movies i even worked on a movie that literally is that plot it's how i met my husband it's a movie about a girl who wants to go to yale and her parents don't want her to go to yale like that's not a special story the thing about coda that feels 
different is the fact that we are getting to see the deaf community in ways that I haven't seen on screen before. And that to me feels important. That for me is worth making the excuse of what I feel like is a mediocre screenplay because I get to spend time with a family that doesn't feel mediocre. So that's not to say that I think that's what should have actually won. That's not to say what I think the Academy should pick. It's just from the choices that you have given me, the thing that I'm going to choose. Well, you got to see that story in Children of a Lesser God in 1986, which also starred Marley Matlin, which for me is why it's not going to win. I don't think they'll do it. Yeah, I'll go in the middle. I don't want it to be Power of the Dog. So this is where I'm going to can. And I might be talking myself out of this. Like I said, I was playing for the win. But I think, Sam, you talked about the Academy has the ability to upset and change the story. And the story wants to be Power of the Dog. It wants Power of the Dog to be the big story of the big movie. It's just this is as much as it's getting a lot of buzz. This is not Lord of the Rings. Okay, this is not Return of the King just coming to like sweep the Oscars in like some, you know, we're treating it like that, but it's not, it's just, I don't think it's got the momentum. I think the upset of the night is going to happen. It's going to be, you know, in a nigh moonlight kind of moment, but not quite that cool. I think West Side Story is going to take this overpower the dog. I think West Side Story is going to be, and I don't think anybody's looking at it. I think it's going to come out of nowhere and maybe just because I want the narrative to work out and I want the universe to correct itself to make this happen. I think West Side Story is going to be the first movie that won Best Picture twice. Oh. That's what I think is going to happen. And that's, the, and that's the story. Can I change that, my answer? Because yeah. I like that reason. <laughs> that's what I think. Now, I don't know if it's going to happen. I think there's a very real chance that Power of the Dog is going to take this nomination. But I am putting on my ballot West Side Story for that reason. Can uh, we I just think, uh, fucking I, do we need yeah. another white Western in a year <laughs> where we had Harder They Fall, which I'm not saying it's a great movie. I'm just saying why did we need another white western in 2022 like <laughs> i didn't i just I like, would like, I like this westerns. movie i like westerns Me i just too. didn't care for this one we should maybe we'll have to do a maybe we'll have to do a westerns episode but that's where i'm at so what were you picking yeah i think ultimately talking about the narrative i feel like yes power of the dog as you said has basically been the front runner in the narrative at least the whole time and like my my mm-hmm. following the narrative feel like kind of the, the closest runner up has changed multiple times so like at the beginning mm-hmm. of award season the very beginning it seemed like it was going to be power of the dog versus belfast i would yep. say right at the new year the, it seemed to change and for a brief moment it actually looked like don't look up might get a boost it would be power of the dog versus don't look up upset then mm-hmm. when the nominations came out i think there were a lot of people who were thinking drive my car because it got you know it was one of those rare situations like parasite where it's a foreign film mm-hmm. that gets best director and best picture i mean that you know that that means something and i think a lot of people thought oh this could be the parasite of this year and then in the last few weeks i feel like the conversation has really shifted to coda and i think you see you know people like troy Kutzer winning you know all of these these awards for coda and i th- think that with the coda thing it's the first time this whole award season where it's felt like the power of the dog has actually lost the momentum and has really started to be well if this wins it'll kind of be a crash like situation where we don't look back on it very fondly but 
I mean, Crash did win, right? And ultimately, yeah. I <laughs> and, you know, just making sure that still happened, right? It's not too late to, to double check. For that reason, I don't even hate Crash, but yeah, Crash won and it didn't need to. And I agree with you, uh, Monica. Why do we need another white Western to win? I think we asked the same thing after Moonlight won, and yet we got uh, Green Book as the award winner. <laughs> and I think ultimately that's why the power of the dog will still win. I think there's a, still a lot around Jane Campion. And again, the fact that she does not make a movie very often these days. And I think people we, people mm-hmm. want to catch her before her, like some sort of sudden retirement. Like, I think this is her moment for better or worse. You know, this isn't her best movie and it's not it's not the year's best movie. I would say it's not the best movie on this list, but it is my choice for best picture. I think it's going to be the power of the dog. OK, so I think you're probably right, but I'm sticking with West Side Story. I think that's what I want to read about. Yeah. It's what I want to be. Cross for you. Tri- yeah. yeah, it's the trivia question I want to answer later. So we're on a long episode, but I do want to finish with this just because Monica had a really good idea. There's one and everybody says this. Anybody who's a film nerd is probably going to agree with us and know where we're going. Monica, you've decided to add a category to our Oscars. Yeah. I have. <laughs> um, and so yeah, unofficial it's, nominations. It's not a new discussion, but a lot of people have brought up the fact that stunts don't receive an Academy Award. And people feel like stunts mm-hmm. should the same way that VFX should. Like it's it really is mm-hmm. part of the movie, but it's also people die doing stunts. Stunts is an incredibly yeah. dangerous part of making movies. There's not a particularly you can make it safer you cannot make stunts safe. These are people who Mm -hmm. are risking their lives for entertainment and they are a very large part of some movies, especially action movies, Mm -hmm. especially with a director like Christopher Nolan, who's pretty insistent on doing big scenes as practical and not as VFX, meaning that like there is actually a stunt person driving all of those cars that look like they're blowing up because Christopher Nolan insists that it looks more real and it should be. And therefore, mm-hmm. I think that stunts deserve a little bit more recognition. I know I'm not alone. I also think that it's a category in which more blockbuster films have the chance to receive recognition. But again, if we're going based on Christopher Nolan, it's not solely blockbuster movies. Like Nolan is also making movies that are pretty lauded by the Academy. So I just feel like we should all throw in an honorary winner for stunts this year. There's stunts in every movie at this point. Some of the most dangerous ones are the ones that we think about. Oh, there's a stunt coordinator for that movie. So, you know, there's a lot more to this than than I think people would think. So Monica, was your idea. What were your nominees and your winner? You know, I didn't. I should have picked nominees, but but instead I jumped straight to winner. I will say that I always feel like James Bond is one of those where you're like, there must be a lot of stunts in that, right? Like if a movie's done Mm -hmm. well, you don't know how many stunts there are or not. But then there's some movies where there's clearly a lot of stunts. So my winner, which should Mm -hmm. come as no surprise because it was one of my very first episodes as a co-host, is Fast and Mm -hmm. Furious 9 because Vin Diesel Mm -hmm. deserves the Oscar that he so desperately wants. (laughs) There are so many cars and and so many people in that movie. (laughs) He wouldn't get it, but Mm -hmm. you know what? He would still feel like he got it. He'd be connected. Yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's the closest that man is going to come to the Oscar that he so desperately desires, and I would like to get him as close as he can possibly be. I think Mm -hmm. he deserves that. I think the fact that there are nine of those movies that exist solely based on some version of making the audience believe 
that cars are indestructible and people are indestructible exists solely off the backs of a stunt coordinator. So I think that there that is my clear winner for the year. Is Sam, what about you? Sure. So there are a few nominees that I picked out. Fast 9 was one of those nominees. No Time to Die was one of those nominees. What else? There were a few, like Nobody, nobody the movie Nobody with Bob Odenkirk. I think, mm. uh, you know, he had to get jacked for that. I'm not going to include Eternals because even though Kumail got jacked for that, he didn't really do it much in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> just the laser arm. That's the only time we'd mention that movie on this particular episode. But the one I uh, went with ultimately is another Marvel film that came out this year. And you're probably still wondering which one because there were so many. It's Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, mainly because I like the old fashioned uh, style Hong Kong martial arts films. And this movie had a legendary actor, Hong Kong actor Tony Lung kicking ass. And they worked with Jackie Chan's stunt team to create a bunch of different martial arts styles and kind of make it love letter to that genre. And so it is all about the action in terms of, you know, in that way, there is a lot of CG in the film too much CG in the film, especially in the third act. But I think when you get those amazing martial arts sequences, they are amazing. And it's action. It's like stunts plus a magic show. It's great. Yeah, no, I uh, it's gotta be Shang-Chi. Okay. So I gave myself some nominees here and I was thinking about it and I was like, well, what would I bump first? What would I not nominate? And I did think of No Time to Die and I was like, but they would probably not do it because it would be too invisible, right? And then I thought, we're going to have people nominate and I thought, they're obviously gonna they're gonna want to toss the marvel movies at this and so i figured they do spider-man just like automatically then i thought dune just because it's been nominated for anything else but then i was like what deserves it and then i thought of free guy which is just interesting but the stunts aren't really it's, there's a lot of vfx to make that happen which is part of the film and then i thought of nobody as well and i thought okay that that should be nominated shang chi should be nominated because i really did enjoy like like, like that bus fight that's the kind of thing that you nominate the film over and then I thought the suicide squad which I really enjoy. Yeah. And it would be like one of those ones where you could insert it just like the best makeup and it'd be awesome if Suicide Squad was like the only DC only. But then I ultimately settled on, like Monica, F9, oh, wow. yeah. Fast and Furious 9, because it's a movie about stunts. It's a movie where, you know, they magneted that car through a building and that, that and that exists only to win to win an Oscar. <laughs> like someone someone thought, hey, let me see what I can do with this. It doesn't need to make any sense. This stunt just this deserves recognition. So I also went with Fast and Furious 9 as my, my winner for my honorary stunt Oscar. And yeah, Vin could pretend he had something to do with it. <laughs> he will. Also, you know, they went to space, you know, so. <laughs> for real. They no. really went to space. Yeah, I like to think so. <laughs> Practical effects in space. <laughs> Yeah. So we've resolved nothing. It's just a long episode of talking about stuff. We've resolved that there, there should be an Oscar for this, even if there's not. So um, motion capture. And we've oh god, you know, well, I, motion capture. I wonder if motion capture is so prevalent that it's going to start needing to just like sort of rethink how we just do how yeah. we do. Maybe they just need to give uh, Andy Serkis an award. Yeah. That's it. yeah. Okay. But anyway, long episode. Thank you for sticking with us. And Sam, thank you for joining yeah, us. This was people great. want to learn more about you uh, where would they go sure yeah you can find some of my film writing at my website which is sam j barnett that's s-a-m-a-b-a-r-n-e-t-t.com thanks for having me this is a lot of fun thanks thanks and monica marvelous as always you can find me on instagram or on twitter 
That's a marvelous, but that is L O U S on Instagram and L O U X on Twitter. And you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, all the places at Chris Maverick. You can follow the show, all those same places at Vox Popcast. You can follow the show's blog at www.voxpopcast.com, where we will talk about whatever we're talking about next week. We've got some really interesting things coming up. Wayne's got a show coming up on music and concerts. We've got a whole bunch of really interesting ideas. So check out our blog. Give us your thoughts on this episode. Definitely go to the blog and give us your Oscar selections for this episode so that you can see if you beat us compare see what other people do and just see if you think our ideas are crazy and also you know do you think that the oscars should still exist because that's also a big question you know why you know why do people care about this anyway if you enjoy the show and we certainly hope you do then please subscribe to us on itunes or stitcher or spotify or where the hell you get podcasts from and do us a favor leave us a five-star review if you leave us a five-star review especially on itunes apple podcasts that boosts the algorithm, makes us more popular, helps other people find the show. And maybe we'll win an award. You know, there's podcast awards, you know, we could win at some point. That would be neat. You know, <laughs> nominate us for one Best of those. costumes. Help Just kidding. Stunts. You can't see what I we're wearing. Yeah. have on a very ornate costume right now. If only you could see it. <laughs> Jeans and a blue shirt. But anyway, I would like to thank Maximilian of Thoughtcore Music for our epic theme song, building ever so more epically and playing us out. Sam, once again, thanks for joining us. I'd like to thank you at home for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.